0: humility is very vital, so important. And so if you go into this space, we all know we're bosses. We all know we're amazing. Nobody does it like us. I got it. But you also have to have that level of humility or nobody's going to want to work with you. And you don't want that because being an entrepreneur is the greatest gift. We fuel the economy, we are the ones who make up the businesses across America, our small businesses. Absolutely. The things that we can do through generosity. It's amazing. It's amazing. So just have that humility, have fun and get ready for an amazing journey. If you go on to that government path.
1: Listening to the Move to Millions podcast with Dr. Darnell J. Harmon. If you're ready for high level conversations that position and prepare you to move your company, cash flow, and connection to and beyond the million dollar mark, let's get this party started. This episode is powered by the Move to Millions Quick Start Guide. If you've been wondering what it's going to take to make the Move to Millions in your very own company, I've got exactly what you need. You can learn more and grab your guide today by visiting movetomillionsguide.com. In today's episode, I sit down with Dr. Kizzy Parks. She just prefers to be called Kizzy. And we got to talking all about government contracts. Now, this is not our typical conversation that we have here on the podcast, but you are going to absolutely love it because it's not a tactical do this, then that, then that kind of interview. It's more like the things they don't tell you when it comes to government contracting that you need to know, understand, and be prepared to leverage inside of your own journey in the government marketplace. Now, let me just tell you, having the government as a client could be one of the best things that could ever happen to your business. It could solidify your move to millions. But there are some things you're going to need to make sure that you do and don't do in order to be able to make that happen. And Kizzy and I get all up in and through it. Yes, all the prepositions. Let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Kizzy. As a kid, Dr. Kizzy used to clean golf balls located in an alley behind her friend's home and resell them through the fence to golfers. And she would use that money in order to buy some of her favorite treats. She always knew she'd be an entrepreneur, she said. And she went on to earn an advanced degree in psychology. Her entrepreneurial spirit meshed well with her inquisitive nature as an adopted child who always wanted to and then met her birth family. Driven to be successful as a business owner, she always knew that she would be. She went on to get a PhD and established KPC, her company, over a decade ago. And today, she owns and operates multiple businesses that have earned more than $50 million in government contract awards. Through GovCon Winners, she helps service-based small business owners learn how to win profitable federal government contracts through the powerful CTC technique to grow their bottom line. Listen, this conversation was filled with so much. I can't even tell you about one thing that I loved because I loved all of it. But the one theme that kept ringing true throughout our conversation was making sure that you understand your business's structure. We got into a lot of the nuances and elements that can get you caught up in the government contracting process if you are not careful, if you don't know who you are, and if you don't know the kind of company you run and what your goals and objectives are. So do yourself a favor, grab pen, grab paper, and let's jump into my conversation with Dr. Kizzy Parks. Hello, 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 Kizzy. I am so excited to welcome you to the Move to Millions podcast. How are you today? Doing well, doing well. How are you doing today? I am excited to be having this conversation with you. Every day is a good day in my life. Like I don't really have bad days because I've just made a decision that there are no bad days. Even the days that aren't going the way that I want them to go are still going the way that I need them to go. So So take just a quick moment and tell everybody who you are in your own words.
0: Yes, I am Dr. Kizzy Parks, I go by Kizzy and I am an entrepreneur at heart who loves helping and I'm all about making lives easier, period. That's kind of my theme. And so I've won over $50 million in federal government contracts. And now I'm on the path of helping other small businesses kind of learn how to navigate and win profitable government contracts. But at the core, I'm a person who loves to help. I'm an entrepreneur and psychologist.
1: This is going to make for a great conversation. (laughs) I love your energy. And I hope that everyone who's going to listen to this episode just immediately gets that infusion that you're bringing to the table for all of us because it's totally giving me life. It's a little cloudy outside today. So I'm just getting perked up and just getting excited about your energy. So government contract is $50 million yeah. in government contracts. Like I meet so many people. So let me tell you a little bit about my background. You may or may not know this. So I used to run a women's business center here in the state of Delaware. And so as a result of that role, did some yeah. work with the SBDTC and their procurement office. I'm very familiar with government contracting. There was even a portion of time when I was on the GSA, actually might still be on there. I don't know, but I'm not really focused on government contracting myself, (laughs) but I know that it is such a, for a lot of people, it's a big enigma. So I'm excited that you've taken on this mantle to help other people to be able to get to a piece of the success that you've been able to amass. I love that as a woman of color you want to help more of us, like, because I think I love about government contracting, the government is the best vendor ever, right? Because they pay on time, they pay pretty well, and it can really shift the trajectory of your life and your business overnight once you do all of the steps to get awarded a contract. And so that's what I'm really excited about really diving into for our listeners and giving them some success clues of things that they need to do. So let's start at the beginning. So tell us, how did you get into government contracting?
0: I was. A graduate student at Florida Institute of Technology in glorious Melbourne, Florida, and I had heard that it was Patrick Space Air Force Base. Now they're Patrick Space Force. I heard that at Patrick there was this Defense Equal Opportunity Management Institute that offered to pay real money to those in the PhD program and Industrial Organizational Psychology at FIT. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is real money. It's not far. It's a graduate research fellowship. I'm graduating soon. And most importantly, many family members had served in the military, Army or Marines or Navy. And so I thought, okay, let me check this out and see what this is all about. And so I applied and then I ended up partnering with this researcher out of Tennessee. And I was physically at Patrick Air Force Base at the time providing like data analytics. And basically they allowed me to kind of do whatever I wanted to do around human relations topics under this umbrella of graduate research fellow. Okay. So I would get things ready to send to conferences, analyze data, networked with people because Diomi had a large quantity of data at that time that was available for research purposes. So fast forward a few months that December the director of research came up to me his name is Dr McDonald and he said I heard you're graduating soon and we would like to keep you on as a contractor and I was just like at that time I was praying not to get jobs I had a job offer I was like okay and and I didn't really know what that meant like I saw government contractors and what I knew was I was to take that blessing and springboard that into my company because Mm -hmm. I always wanted to be an entrepreneur since I was a really little girl. And so I said to him, yeah, I'll do this. I said, however, comma, I'm not going to be a butt in the seat that's here 40 hours a week, but you're paying me as a 1099. And he was like, I don't care, whatever you guys work it out. You'll be subcontracted under this company. I was like, okay. And so that was my first subcontract. It was a little less than six figures. And I took that. And through my connections at Patrick, I ended up getting in touch with Army Reserves, National Guard, regular Army, office personnel management. And so through all these other agencies, I started picking up all this work And then I also brought on some other work that I'll talk about later on in here. But that's kind of where I started. I leveraged that graduate research fellowship and Mm -hmm. ran with it.
1: Yeah. So building the relationship first for yourself. Now, how did we get to 50 million contracts? Because that, I mean, like for me, that number is not nearly as big as it used to be, right? As I'm growing my own company, we're closing in on eight figures. And so... Now it's not really as big, but I I know there are a lot of people who are gonna listen to this and they're like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You said 50, (laughs) like how does that even happen? Yeah, Yeah. so talk a little bit about- Yeah,
0: it's well over 50. So how it happened was, it's about how you have your business structured. So meaning whether you sell to the federal government, you sell on Amazon, you sell through neither. It's about- How are you making money? What is it that you're really selling? And so here's what I mean. Initially, we started out and it was selling training or maybe speaking engagements. And so when you do something like that, or maybe you sell, here's my all-in-one service, Mm -hmm. then that's it. That's one transaction. So then how do you have continuous revenue? Well, you either You have a subscription or you get more people to buy or you upsell them, whatever it is, but you got to have higher numbers. So I learned in federal government space that they have these contracts that are multiple years, Mm -hmm. usually anywhere from one to five. Every now and again, there might be a 10-year one, one to five, and that these contracts will have people, full-time equivalents attached to it where you're receiving ongoing revenue. Mm -hmm. So I was told by many, many people that I connected with in Central Florida, this is the way to make money in federal contracting is you want long-term revenues opposed to these one-offs, right? I gave Mm -hmm. you the service, I gave you the product, and now I got to get a hundred more of you. So what we ended up doing was we pivoted and started bidding on those kinds of opportunities so we've had 10 million dollar contracts multiple 10 million 20 million dollar 23 million dollar 1 million half a million a thousand so the reason that several of them have a high dollar value is because it's for often 5 years mm-hmm. and so you have that dollar value spread out over 5 years and or you can grow the work And maybe you use up all the money in a year or two, and then you get another
1: contract with them. In these contracts, like are they all just training and development? Like what are people, or actually not even make it about other people. What about you? like for you specifically, what are you selling to the government to get these 10 million multi-year contracts?
0: So it varies. Some of them are training. Some of them have to deal with inspection. Some of them are... Related to acquisition training, because we're a certified by Defense Acquisition University to provide acquisition training. Some of them exercise physiologists, we have religious positions. We have a Catholic parish team member in Hawaii. So it
1: really varies. And it sounds like anything, right? Like no matter no matter what anybody who's listening to this episode right now does, the government buys it, is what I'm hearing you say. Yeah. Okay, that hopefully is making lots of people sound really, really excited about that. That's something that I think I've always understood that the government is the best person to pay you, whatever that person is called, because I can't think of it right now. And no matter what it is that you sell, there is some contract out there. There is some RFP out there that could end up allowing you to do that on a government level. So how do we find out about the opportunities that exist and put ourselves in the running to win them? I wish I could
0: say it was like really simple. So there's kind of two things here, right? Like it's kind of like with things in life, I kind of feel like it's like things we make easy. Like, oh, you just work out and you eat well and you look like JLo or something (laughs) or like Beyonce. And it's like, it doesn't work like that, right? Right. And so that's kind of like government contracting. You can go to Sam, like Uncle Sam, Mm -hmm. You can go to sam.gov and you can Mm -hmm. take a look at the opportunities that are there. And of course, the platform is interesting and it's going to take a minute to learn how to use it because it is not Google. Right. But they are on Sam. Is that the only place? Of course not. Not at all. They're also not publicly out there. Sometimes agencies don't put them out there. So taking a step back, you can go to sam.gov and at least take a look, right? Because there's a lot that goes into how to find, how to bid and how to win, but the basics Mm -hmm. eat good, eat well and exercise, right? So that's that equivalent. You go to sam.gov, you can kind of take a look, be careful because when you go in there, it's going to list some by relevancy. So you're going to see stuff from 2017 and you're going to think this Kizzy lady's lying. I promise you I'm not. So you're going to need to change the relevancy to like frequency or date or something like that. So you're going to get the the most recent ones at the top. So you can at least kind of take a look. Now, what makes it challenging is many people in this space will say like, oh, you find out what an agency bought in the past. And that's going to help you figure out if they buy what you offer. Okay, that's all lies. It's not like that. And it's no different than us. Just because you bought a cell phone, do you need another cell phone? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe you only need a new cell phone because iPhone came out with a new one or Galaxy came out with a new one or your kid wants a new one. Or maybe you just want another one because you want another phone number. Who knows? Mm -hmm. But just because you bought a cell phone doesn't mean you're going to buy more cell phones. That's just like the federal government. Just because the federal government bought janitorial services or training or cybersecurity, it doesn't mean that they're going to necessarily buy it again. And you don't really know what that contract entailed. So my point is you want to just get an idea of what's out there, not so much focused on, oh, the army or I heard the Navy got money like it. Just put that aside and focus on sam.gov, focus on going to the gym and eating better. right? Right. That's just the basics is what you want to do. So then you have an idea of what's out there. Then there's a whole nother piece of really understanding what they mean and what they're looking for. And there's a lot that goes into it because, again, people make it seem like, oh, you just bid. And if you're a woman or a minority, you just go and get all this money. No, it mm-hmm. doesn't work like that. If that were the case, then everybody would run around on Instagram with a money phone and say they got it from government contracting. But that's not what happens to my knowledge unless I'm not on the right pages. Mm-hmm. So. You have to also understand what are they really looking for Mm -hmm. in the opportunity so you can determine not only is it a good fit, is it going to be profitable? And most importantly, do you want to work with that agency? Like, I'll just put this out there. I love filling religious positions, especially Catholic. And so they have many, many opportunities for Catholic priests all over the world. The government wants Catholic priests. My main company, KPC, we don't bid on priests. It's a rule. Why? Because I don't know if that priest has done something bad or not. Right. (laughs) How would I know? So just because Father John's available, I don't know Father John. And I'm not going to put Father John on a contract and find out something bad. My point is for us, we don't bid on priests. Maybe for you listening, maybe you're like, hey, let's do it. I want to bid on some priests that's an opportunity for you. You don't have to be a religious organization. You don't have to have past performance in it. You just need to be able to find priests for these different positions. That may be a fit for you. For us, it's not a fit. But the beauty is you get to figure out where you want to spend your time and where
1: you want to focus. Okay, so there's a lot you said there. So I want to unpack that a little bit just to Mm -hmm. kind of dial it back for the people that are listening. Because I think I agree with you that a lot of people, they think that it's just, as simple as, oh, I'm going to get a government contract. I'm going to make it rain, right? It's just going to be straight. <laughs> my call, yeah. right? Money and, it does, and it does not work that way. Right. Yeah. So you said a lot, you said there's basically three layers is what I heard, right? How to find the opportunities, how to bid on the opportunities, then how to win the opportunities, which tells me right away that each of them is like a loaded area, right? So finding them, you talked a little bit about SAM.gov, which is you can go and you can see, right? The tip there, everyone, was make sure you change the way that the opportunities are showing to you so that you move it from relevance to whatever is going to be appropriate based on what's there so that you see the most recent ones. And you also need to understand what your Nate codes are, right? Like, don't I need to know what my code is to even find opportunities that are based on my code? Or do I just look at everything that's there and sift my way through? Like, you're going to need to do To have some clarity is basically what I'm trying to get to as it pertains to what Kizzy said. You need some clarity about what you bring to the table, what kind of opportunities you want, and as she stated, do you even want to work with that particular agency? Sometimes you may have that information, which is why it's good to have someone like a Kizzy who has experience, extensive experience working in government contracts because they can kind of prevent you from making mistakes that you could get yourself locked into an agency that you don't really want to work with for a period of time you don't really want because you happen to have won a contract that really wasn't all it was cracked up to be. So I feel like a big part of this is making sure that you get some guidance and don't just go out there on your own. Are there specific things that you have to do to be able to access and bid opportunities in SAM? Is there anything, or can I just off the street today, go to SAM.gov, see something I like, decide I want to respond to an RFP, and that's the end of it? Or do I need some other credentialing or process to take place to make that possible for me?
0: So to bid on your own, you need to be registered, which takes time. However, if you find another company who's already in SAM, you could partner with them and ask them to bid on it together.
1: So we've done that subcontractor, right?
0: Right. It would make you a subcontractor. You can do that. It takes a little bit of time to get registered in SAM. And sometimes it may not be the best approach because there are many people who make a very nice living as a subcontractor or 1099 to companies who have active federal contracts. And then they use those who aren't in SAM, we do it through KPC all of the time.
1: Yeah. I feel like the other thing you said that is important to note again here is you have to make sure it's something you want to do. Because just like all money isn't good money, having the government as your client could not be the best thing for your business. It really just depends on the kind of work you want to do and how you have it set up. Like I used to be, and I might still actually be registered for Sam and all of that stuff. Now I used to actively get and won a couple of contracts back in the day, but then I decided that that wasn't really the work I wanted to do. Like I'm going back to what you said earlier, right? You said, what's your business's structure? How is your business set up? How is your business making money? And like understanding that variable is going to help you to determine if you should even approach government contracting, because it can be very lucrative, Mm -hmm. right? You can instantly become a million-dollar company, depending upon the stipulations of that particular award and the number of FTEs you have and all of those types of things. It could be extremely lucrative, but you have to make sure that it's work you want to do. Otherwise, you've just created for yourself a really good-paying job. That has a boss that has the ability to take you out if they want. (laughs) True.
0: It's so true. It's very true. And I'll say somebody I recently came across who ended up getting some work. And I mean, it seemed good on the surface. It's probably in totality with their different task orders. It's probably a million. Easy, Mm -hmm. easily a million. Ooh, a million. That sounds great. The thing is, it doesn't pay out until all the deliverables have been approved. And this particular person, this type of work is outside of what they're usually do. So they've run into some problems. So they haven't really been paid. I don't know if they're ever going to be paid, but they've paid out people who've worked on it. So while on the surface, it seems, oh, this is great. A million dollar contract, a new client, really cool work. In reality, it's, You paid out, you had to take a line of credit to support it. Government doesn't really like working with you. And then it's like, oh my gosh, because that's a different kind of business model too. It's a deliverable-based model. It's almost like, hey, I'm going to make you a custom piece of furniture, but you're not going to pay me until I deliver you the furniture, right? It's like that. You got to wait a year, maybe two years, maybe three years to be paid out and how many companies can cover that gap. So that's something else to think about, because again, we think, oh, the government, you're going to get your money. Yeah, there are times where there are literally there was one client that paid us, I think, in 24 hours, 24 hours. And then there are those where you're paid out upon deliverable. So that's also really important and not just with the federal government, also any other client is you need to know your account receivable time. Is it 90 days? Is it in hours? Is it in weeks? Is it in years? What is that account receivable? Because you need to know about your cash flow.
1: Absolutely. I just want to stop you right there because I know you could keep going because you said mm-hmm. so many important things that, as business owners that desire to be CEOs of million dollar companies, need to be thinking about, right? And I, just to make sure that you guys caught it. So, as Kizzy was explaining a story of something that happened to someone she knew who technically got an award, but still isn't being paid on the award. They started performing the work and getting the things in place, and they don't know when they're getting paid. That's a problem. And as a CEO of your own company, you need to understand your sales cycle. You need to know your revenue cycle. You need to understand how long you can go. Even when the government is your client, I wouldn't just be working for the government without money. Like I'm not working for nobody without money because that's just foolish. But all of those variables, you need to be clear on them and not just get caught up in the excitement of, I got a government contract that is going to make me millions, right? Because it could be a long time before that actually happens. That's one of the reasons why I stopped working with the government, Kizzy. I didn't like their payment schedule. I didn't like that I had to sometimes wait 180 days to get paid Mm -hmm. for work that I did. That didn't feel good to me. I would never have been an employer working at any company and they came to me and said, yeah, we can't pay you for six months, is that okay? I would have never been okay with that. And I was like, this isn't gonna work. Yes, it has the potential to be huge if I'm willing to wait. And that means that I, as a business owner, would have to have cash reserves. I would have to know what it takes Mm -hmm. to run my company for however many months. And I would have to have cash enough or other opportunities where money is coming in consistently to be able to front load what I was doing now until the money came in. That's a lot of stress that I personally didn't want. But more importantly, many of you as business owners don't understand that about your own company. And you need to understand that if you desire to have a business that generates millions, whether your client is the government or your client or regular corporations or individual consumers. You need to understand how your revenue and sales cycles work and when the money is coming in to validate that you can actually continue to run your business. If you don't know that, trying to go after a SAM government contract is not going to save you because it is in, in almost every case, please correct me if I'm wrong, Kizzy, there's a wait time. There's an onboarding period before you actually receive payout. If you're not prepared to Sustain during that time, your business could go under, even though you technically have this million dollar award. When it comes
0: to the payment from the government, it varies, and you can sometimes propose things. So, like for instance, some of our contracts they're called firm fixed, and what we do is we have the sum, Mm -hmm. and it's divided by the number of months. Right? There was another contract we had with Department of Transportation where initially we had four milestone payments and they came back and said, can we just do three? And we were like, okay. And so it was three payments. That's fine. Then there's other, there's work we have where it's deliverable based. Mm -hmm. And so upon their approval of a deliverable, the invoice is submitted. The thing is we made accommodations for all of the different kinds of contracts. But the difficulty is when a person doesn't know or doesn't realize that you can make an offer and say, hey, I get that you are saying this is deliverable based, but how about we have three payments or four payments or bi-monthly payments? Because the worst that they can say is
1: no. Absolutely. They think just because it's the government, they have to take what they say. I tell my clients all the time, even with corporate contracts, You don't let anyone else dictate how you get paid for the services you render, period. I don't care who they are. And I love that you talked about them wanting to change the award from four to three, which Mm -hmm. is definitely in your favor. But here's how this could go awry. You don't have things set up in your business that all of that large chunk of change comes in and you know how to appropriate the funds so that it can carry you. Because if they're giving you three payments, and let's say it's a 12-month contract, that means you're getting paid every three months. Whatever they give you in that first chunk needs to last you, especially if you don't have any other revenue coming in the entire three months until the next chunk comes. And so you got to make sure you understand your business. You've got someone looking at your financial management to make sure that your company can continue on and the money is going to stretch enough for you to do everything you need to do. Because the things you need to do aren't just pay the people that are working the contract. There are way more things that go into running a company. And so I'm so glad you're talking about this because again, I think people get that pie in the sky like, oh, I'm about to get paid (laughs) without realizing, yeah, you might get paid, but it also might be delayed. And if it is delayed, how is your business gonna continue to run while you're waiting for that payment? And I love that you said that they can negotiate because I think far too many people think they just have to take what is told to them because it's the government. So I think that that is such powerful, powerful information. For those of you who are listening right now, I know you are taking copious notes You're getting some great nuggets that'll help you to begin to navigate this process. I know there's some other tactical things that people can do, Kizzy. So when you think tactically, so, okay, let's say I'm not just going to go to SAM.gov and look for opportunities, right? But I am going to take the time and I'm going to get clear about my business model. I'm going to get clear about what I have to sell and verify that the government buys it. I'm going to select the agencies of the government that I think are best for my particular service. Those are the first three things that I'm going to do. What do I do next? Do I now go and get myself registered or should I have registered myself before I figured out all of that other stuff because it could take time?
0: Two things. I would say one is you want to see on Sam and or through connections on LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, whatever you like to use socially, what are people really doing? So here's what I mean. I came across a woman who her whole focus was like, accounting. And she would provide some type of accounting services to government contractors. And she was like dipping her toe into government contracting. And while she was doing that, she ended up getting a contract out of Texas. And basically she provides staffing for different positions. They're not all accounting. So we were talking and I said to her, if you really want to pursue the government work, I said, one, it's going to be very similar to what you're doing in Texas, that you're going to end up providing some sort of staffing because the federal government's not going to hire you to provide accounting services. So that goes for those of you who are listening, because many people come to me, oh, I'm in accounting or I do PR or I do something with websites or I sell a product or I do provide training. And that's all amazing. But the thing is, the government may not buy that exact thing. So maybe you provide leadership training, but maybe they want team building. I don't know. Maybe you provide website development, but they actually want full-time equivalents on site to help with websites and graphic designs. So the point is, you have to ask yourself, are you looking to provide the services or are you looking to take the entrepreneurial route and build a business? and that your answer is really going to dictate because if your answer is like well i like doing this stuff then you don't even need to register in sam you can try right. and find another company who's looking for somebody like you you could be a fte for them you could be right. a 1099 you could be a subcontractor if your answer is like no i want to build a business i want to be the next ibm okay then that opens you up to a whole wide range of opportunities because ibm does a lot more than provide To IT, they do a lot more than that. So that's the thing that you really have to do. And the way to get to that is connecting with people online and maybe asking them, hey, I saw you got a government contract or I see something about the government in your profile. I would love to talk to you to learn more because you want to really know what are these people really doing to see if it's of interest to you. In addition to checking out sam.gov, to see if it works because you may find that it's not what you thought it really is. It is, or maybe it is. And you're like, this is awesome. It's the perfect thing. I mean, I think the bottom
1: line is doing your due diligence and doing your research because you want to make sure that if you're going to make this commitment to the process, that you are clear that this is the process you want to undergo because it's not going to be as simple as see the opportunity bid on the opportunity, win the opportunity. There's a lot of steps and a lot of things that are in place that have the potential to either fast track it or thwart it, right? So you've got to be prepared for both. It's going to tend, I think the biggest thing, again, I'm going to say this is probably the third time I'm going to say it for those of you who are listening. The biggest thing is knowing your business. And knowing what your business can sustain as to whether or not now is the time for you to even consider this as an opportunity for you, which I think is so important to do that. So many people just have an opportunity to get government contracting. And yeah, they do pay well, but are you really willing to do all of the things that need to be done? And are you prepared? Do you have the capacity? Because that's another issue, right? Like Mm -hmm. if there is a requirement inside of your award that you're not prepared for and you don't have FTEs to fulfill it, that means you're going to have to do it. And anytime you're spending in actually in your business, you're not spending it working on your business. And so we have to be cognizant of that as well, which I think is important in this process. This is so good. I mean, I think we could probably talk all day about all of the nuances that go into government contracting. But as we start to round up our time together, I just want to know like, if there are any other important Things that they need to know at this stage of the game and deciding if they want to leverage the power of government contracts to make their businesses move to millions? Like, what else would we need to share with them at this point as they're trying to make that decision?
0: The big thing is to realize the importance of client relations. When I first started out, I was directly out of graduate school. I never worked, I interned at Lockheed Martin for three months and had a lot of like jobs since I was like 15. And so I spent a lot of time throughout the lovely state of Florida and other places learning from the Small Business Administration, other government contractors, as far as different tips and tricks. And one thing that they never mentioned was client relations. They talked about pricing, they talked about proposals, they talked about capability briefs, but they never talked about client relations. So what I mean is this. The government has a lot of options. For the most part, they're spending taxpayer dollars. So companies focus on the sale, right? No different than maybe where you are today. Like, oh, I want that sale. I want that money. This is awesome. But then there's what happens after. And so in government contracting, because often you're dealing with people, it's people, people behind the helicopters, people behind the cybersecurity. It's always people that mm-hmm. the federal government is really paying for. So you wanna make sure that your people are taken care of who are on your contracts, as well as your client is taken care of. Mm-hmm. Because too often a company will win the work, they have somebody in position and they're off to the next one. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is the agency loves the person providing the services and they could care less who has the contract. So then you have no value. Why? Why? because what value are you bringing? We love Brenda. Brenda has been doing the work. I don't know you, or maybe Brenda's not doing the job or maybe the agency needs another additional services, but because you don't even engage with them, you don't even know what they need or you don't even ask them. So that right there is a big opportunity in this space. And it's very important because the more you overlook and you're like, well, I won. And, you move on, then you're really taking away from what that could turn into. And so it's very important in the government space is the client relations. Once you win the work, not to get the work, not necessarily to get more, but for you to keep the work and for them to want to continue working with you. So that's something to really think about. Because if that's not your forte, then you have to find somebody who does it. I have a Lori Davis. She does it for me because I'm at a different point now with my companies. Lori, she's amazing. So they love Lori. She makes life easier. We're all about that. Yeah. And so there's nothing wrong as an entrepreneur, even if it's just you having somebody else who maybe is the client relations person. And you can figure out a way how to structure that financially. But just
1: please don't overlook the client relations piece. I think that's so important because that's one of those hidden gems that nobody tells you about until it's too late. So Mm -hmm. to be getting this information up front, to know that even if today existing inside of your business, you don't have someone who's focused on client care, you need to make sure that if this is the route you're taking, you bring somebody in. Even if it starts out part-time with the ability to become full-time as you win awards, like you're thinking about that. That's one of those Little gems that could make the difference in someone's process. Knowing that, and I love what you said: not before you get the award, and not to even warrant the next one, but to keep the one you get. Because what I'm hearing is that it's possible that you could be awarded, and then they could snatch that bad boy right back from you. Yeah, yeah, it's no
0: different than if you sell something on Amazon and somebody asks for a refund.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Or you sell a service to a private client, and they're like, "This is great, but we want our money back, or we want a discount," and it's no different. Yeah, You have to have those client relations, maybe not to the level of Zappos. They have amazing client relations, but you have to have something. Yeah, absolutely. You have to have something because they don't have to work with
1: you because there's other companies who do what you do. And probably do it better, especially if they have that customer relation. I love it. It just sounds like the more we talk, Kizzy, we're going all the way back to What's your business's structure? Like the foundational element before you go for government contracting, being really, really clear about the who, what, when, where, how, and why of your company. Period. Point blank. Have all of that dialed in completely clear, knowing what it is that you desire, making sure you have either the right people already in place. I believe in preparing your business for rain. Listen, it's not going to rain dollars and cents until you've got all of the people in place. Like, It's just not going to happen. So making sure that you hire before you need them so that you're ready and in position, or at least at minimum, making sure that you're partnering with an organization that is already getting contracts, that you can be a subcontractor and you can watch behind the veil. You can see the things that are happening behind the scenes so that you know how to emulate that inside of your own organization if you desire to become a prime contractor as a part of the process as well. This has been... So juicy, so meaty. I know that people are going to love it. And we're going to make sure that we share all of your information inside of the show notes because I'm sure people are going to want to reach out to you and talk to you more. I know you have an entire company and service that works with small business owners that have a desire to get into government contracting to serve and support them through the entire process. So we'll make sure that they get your contact information so that they can reach out to you about all of that. Before I let you go, I just have my final closing questions that I always like to ask whenever we're having these conversations. The first one is, what is the last book you read?
0: Oh, let's see. Okay, I have books on Audible. I love Audible because there's no excuse. Mm -hmm. And I always have multiple books that I am kind of listening to at once. So right now, I'm in the middle of finishing up Launch by Jeff Walker. Mm -hmm which talks a lot about selling products and different things online. So that's one like of my that. favorites. And I am re-listening to Presuasion by Dr. Robert Cialdini. That book is so good. He has two books. So those are a couple that I love either listening to again or in the middle of listening to with the launch. It's
1: great. Awesome. Love it, love it, love it. And then what is your favorite quote?
0: Oh, my favorite quote is my own quote. I love, I always say everything is possible. I love it. Because I firmly believe it. When I look back at my life and my life trajectory, just being going from birth mom, being the secret of my family to being adopted to all that I am right now. It's like, if I got this damn far, like seriously, everything is really possible. Just given where my life started out. So I say it a lot. Everything is possible. I use it as a hashtag often. And I believe it. I know it. There's evidence across the world about the amazingness of God and us as human beings. Mm-hmm. It's just everything is possible.
1: I love it. I love it. I love it. And then last, what is one tool you swear by that has been essential on your own move to millions?
0: Oh, they, oh, I already know that. It's <laughs> Adobe Acrobat Pro. Mm, okay. That awesome. bad boy. <laughs> the things you can do in Adobe Pro. I mean, seriously, it's been really helpful to win contracts. That's how it's connected to the millions for those Absolutely. wondering, how is this piece of software connected to money? <laughs> because of what you can do with contracts, proposals and things. Yeah. Adobe Acrobat Pro, amazing hands down. Everybody needs it.
1: Awesome. I love it. I love it. Love
0: it. Anything you want to share with our listeners in closing? I would say the thing is in this space, especially in the government space, this is not about you ever. It's never about you. It's about the agency, their mission, and the sacrifices that the government employees, the possible military members, and other different people and organizations that are there to support the missions and that most of the taxpayer dollars. Humility is very vital so important. And so if you go into this space, we all know we're bosses. We all know we're amazing. Nobody does it like us. I got it. But you also have to have that level of humility or nobody's going to want to work with you. And you don't want that because being an entrepreneur is the greatest gift. We fuel the economy. We are the ones who make up the businesses across America, our small businesses, the things that we can do through generosity It's amazing. It's amazing. So just have that humility, have fun, and get ready for an amazing journey if you go on to that government path.
1: Awesome. Well, there you have it, folks. Fresh from Dr. Kizzy Parks. We want to thank you so much for being here. Appreciate you. I know this interview is going to be listened to over and over again. I just love all of the nuggets you gave that are beneath the process. All of the things that no one is talking about, right? And I was purposeful not to make this a tactical do this, do this, do this, but instead be able to really glean from your years of experience and millions of dollars won through this process. So I'm really excited for everyone. And I know that they'll continue to come back to this and this will be a source of inspiration and clarity for them for years and years to come. So thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you very much.
0: Thank you so much. It's my pleasure and
1: it's an honor to be here. So thank you so much. I told you it would be good, right? Oh my gosh, there were so many things that I loved. And after we stopped recording, Dr. Kizzy dropped probably was the biggest gem of our entire conversation. She talked about the need to get really clear and be humble and to not focus on your skill sets and what you bring to the table if you want your client to be the government. There are so many amazing nuggets that came out of this conversation. I mean, the importance of client relations and making sure that Before you go for an award, you have the right people in place to be able to maximize the opportunity that's before you. Again, we talked a lot about that business structure and making sure that your business is set up to support you in every possible way so that you don't miss an opportunity to make the government your client. And because this wasn't our typical conversation, I really want you to make sure that you go to the show notes if you enjoyed what we talked about and connect with Dr. Kizzy, learn more about how she's helping Small business owners just like you leverage the power of government contracting to make the move to millions. I promise you, connecting with her could be the best thing you ever did if you desire to make the government your client. It's going to be really, really powerful. You'll be able to get into some of that tactical how to find, how to bid, and how to win those government contracts, learning more about SAM.gov, the RFP process, and how to get everything actually set up to be able to leverage your expertise and sell your services to the government. I love that one of the nuggets that she shared towards the end is being really, really clear about what you're looking for and identifying the agency that's going to be best support the goals and objectives that you have. So make sure that before you do anything else, you get really, really clear about your company, your goals and your objectives, how you earn money and what it's going to take for you to have a business that not only impacts millions, but generates millions at the same time. I'll see you next time. Take care. Thank you for joining me for the Move to Millions podcast. The way I see it, you deserve a business that generates millions. If you're ready to get started, grab our Move to Millions Quick Start Guide and join our online community at movetomillionsgroup.com. If you enjoyed our time together, do yourself a favor, head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Until next time, remember, millions are your birthright. And to access them, all you have to do is move. I'll see you next time. Take care.